Hello, and welcome to another episode of Five Things, a web series dedicated to answering the five burning tech questions you have about technologies and workflows in the media creation space, plus tech stuff I dig and how it's used. I'm your host, Michael Thomas, and today we're delving into live streaming. Getting started is pretty easy. Thanks to platforms like Facebook and YouTube, you can do it with a few clicks from your phone, but that won't help you much when you want to up your production value. Here's what you need to get started. To plan your rockstar setup, we need to work backwards and follow the old credo of begin with the end in mind. So the last part of live streaming is how do I get my video to viewers? This is normally done through a CDN, a content delivery network. A content delivery network takes your video stream and not only pushes it out to your legions of fans, but also does things like create lower resolution variants, also called transcoding, as well as transrating. A good CDN also supports several different platforms, such as streaming to mobile devices and various computer platforms. A CDN also takes the load off of your streaming machine. Imagine your single CPU being tasked with sending out specific video streams in specific formats for every user. Okay, now that we have our CDN, we need to send a high quality video signal to it. I'll address the specifics of that later in the episode, but suffice it to say, for a successful broadcast, you need a decent internet connection with plenty of headroom. Well, if that hasn't got Oscar written all over it, I'll eat my invitation to the award ceremony. All CDNs will provide you with a protocol. That is, the way in which they want to receive the live feed for your broadcast. Now, this is different than the protocols that your end device will use, as a good CDN will take care of that mumbo jumbo translation for you, but only if you get the video to them in the right format. These upload streaming formats can include HLS, RTSP, RTMP, and Silverlight formats. The end game is that your software needs to be able to stream to the CDNs in a mandated format for it to be recognized. Speaking of software, this is one of the most critical decisions to make. Will your streaming software only stream, or will it also do production tasks as well? Like switching between multiple sources, playing pre-recorded video, adding graphics and more? Of the utmost importance is, does the software support the camera types you're sending it? Which leads us up to the beginning of your broadcast chain. What kind of camera are you using? Are you using USB cameras? Or are you using cameras with HDMI or HDSDI outputs? If the latter, then you need an I.O. device on your computer, which can not only take all of the inputs you want, but also in the frame size and frame rate that you want. You'll quickly see that the successful technical implementation of a live stream is based on each part playing with the others seamlessly. In case I wasn't clear, your CDN choice is one of the most critical decisions for you to make. Your CDN will dictate your end user's experience. Here are some things to look for in a CDN. Does your CDN allow an end user to have a DVR-like experience where they can rewind to any point in the stream and watch? Does this include VOD options to watch later after the event is over? Many CDNs also have a web page front end where you can send users to watch the stream. However, most live broadcast folks prefer to take the video stream and embed it in their own website so they can control the end user experience. Also, is this a private stream? If so, ensure your CDN has a password feature. Speaking of filtering viewers, does your CDN tie into your RSVP system or are you using your CDN's RSVP system? 
This is another way to create a more personalized experience for the viewer, as well as track who watches and get their contact info so you can follow up with them after the event if needed, as well as track the stream's metrics so you can improve the content and experience for your next live stream. Now, CDNs can't do all of this for free. This is why most CDNs restrict video stream quality on free accounts. This means your upload quality may be throttled or the end user's viewing ability or even total viewer count may be limited. The stream may also have pop-up advertisements at predefined intervals or before the stream even starts. Let's not lie, Steve. Let's level with America. We can't level, you crazy bastard. We're in advertising. Yes. Lastly, a good CDN also does cool things like introducing chat windows and interaction with other viewers, social media interaction, real-time effects and graphics like lower thirds, and custom ad insertion. Often, I get asked, what kind of bandwidth do I need to get a video stream up to my CDN? Well, I've got you covered with a quick reference chart. I cannot stress enough that you should stream with a wired connection if at all possible, and ensure you have plenty of overhead, I ballpark 40%, more than the minimums listed here. If you saturate your upload pipe from the first minute, dropouts will certainly happen with any kind of network congestion. Normally, most folks will try out a software production switching and streaming solution before moving on to a dedicated hardware solution. So this is where we'll start. Arguably, the most popular software solution out there is Wirecast by Telestream. Wirecast Studio and the Pro versions support capture and streaming in formats on both Mac and PC. They also take in network IP cameras and other data-based video sources. They also support streaming to multiple CDNs, so you can attract viewers on various platforms, including Facebook and YouTube. I suppress each photo. Cell phone videos, they cost me a fortune and they, they show up on YouTube. Wirecast also has some basic editorial ability, plus titles and chroma key tools. But most importantly, Wirecast supports a ton of IO devices and camera types that it can switch between. So getting compatible cameras within your budget isn't too tough to accomplish. OBS Studio, or Open Broadcaster Software Studio, is very popular, namely because, well, it's free. It's cross-platform on Mac, PC, and Linux, and is normally the first choice for gamers. OBS can take multiple inputs, however the number of input devices it has supported and format types is limited. The recording to your system is also in a flash format, which commonly results in sync issues. But hey, it's free! We also have vMix, which is a Windows-based streaming and switching software. It can stream up to three destinations or one destination if doing multi-bitrate formats. VMix also uses a few different encoders, including FFmpeg and Flash Media Live Encoder, and traditionally streams via RTMP. It, too, allows for switching between sources, playback of video files, and recording at the same time as streaming, and your standard complement of transitions. It also supports NDI, and can interface with third-party hardware to plug your cameras into. Now, these three solutions don't possess a way to get traditional cameras in, that is, ones that spit out HDMI or HDSDI. For this, we need I.O. devices, such as capture cards. These normally include those made by AGA or Blackmagic, or even Bluefish or Matrox. As always, check the tech specs before buying gear that needs to talk to one another. 
The larger your production gets, the more you'll realize you need something a bit more robust and tools that more easily allow for multiple people to handle your show. This is where hardware solutions come into play. Again, let's look at the all-in-one solutions first. Far and away, the most popular hardware system is the TriCaster line by NewTek. The TriCaster family can stream to a multitude of CDNs and even has presets built in for many of the popular ones. In addition, the TriCaster units take in SDI or HDMI formats, have professional audio connections, plus network NDI inputs. They also switch video, do tiling, have video effects in every channel, and record camera ISOs, all in one box. These units also have a control surface for ease of use. I've been blown away at the scale at which the TriCaster family has been used, everything from high school sports to million dollar broadcasts. Telestream also has the newer Wirecast Gear family, which are hardware versions of the Wirecast software family. These give you the software ability found in Wirecast Pro without having to buy a third-party I.O. device. You also get new blue titler for generating graphics and titles. The various models start at five grand, but really take the guesswork out of the hodgepodge of live streaming gear. One throat to choke, as they say. I'll teach you to laugh at something that's funny. For dedicated streaming-only devices, Teradek is pretty popular. Teradek has a ton of various streaming devices, and several of them can push to RTMP-compatible CDNs. We also have tools like LiveU, which uses cellular connections to stream, instead of relying on a hardwired or Wi-Fi signal, which allows you to be a bit more mobile. I also dig High Vision, which is a bit more enterprise, but has amazing video quality at a decent bitrate, albeit at only SD and HD formats. I've also been waiting for the AGA Hilo to start shipping. In fact, it should start shipping within a few weeks of this broadcast. It's designed to just stream and lock in the streaming settings, so to start streaming, you hit one button. There are a ton of solutions out there. So my advice to you is to make sure everything plays together first before you click that buy button. If your CDN has restrictions on data usage, or you're just trying to be conservative with your bitrate, broadcasting at 720p at 23.98 or 30 frames a second is fine for a vast majority of viewers. Most viewers, especially those on mobile devices, won't be able to tell the difference. The only caveat to that is with gaming, where you want the fastest frame rate possible. Don't expect sync across all devices and platforms. CDNs need to create the video streams appropriate for the end viewer. And depending on where they're located in the world and what provider they're using, whether it be an ISP or cellular carrier, and what device they're using, the stream will be delayed. This delay could be a few seconds up to 30 or so. And this, unfortunately, you don't have much control over. Destroy your satellite receivers. Dismantle Ray's your out, communication huh? systems. Render your television sets inoperable for the next 200 Earth years. Live streaming is also primarily based on video standards. That is, UHD, HD, SD, etc. Many gamers, or folks trying to use a desktop as a video source, might see a stretching of the image, or black bars on the top and bottom, or the sides of the computer screen. This is most likely because your computer signal isn't a standard video aspect ratio, and it's being distorted to fit into a video standard. Lastly, the most common complaint during live streaming is the audio. Dips in volume can cause fiddling with the viewer's volume knob, and too loud can cause ear-piercing distortion. Audio should never be an afterthought. 
Think about using a compressor and keep the signal audible and yet under control. Have more live streaming concerns other than just these five questions? Ask me in the comments section. Also, please subscribe and share this tech goodness with the rest of your techie friends. Check out the rest of the series and all of the other great learning content at moviola.com. Until the next episode, learn more, do more. Thanks for watching.